The offseason is almost over, but the Rangers offseason is not done yet. Pitchers and catchers report next week. And on today's show, I'm talking about the five things the Rangers need to do before those pitchers and catchers report next Wednesday. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked onto the World Series champion, Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a criminally addicted Texas Rangers fan, covering this team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of this podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into this episode, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. Now, we're almost here. We are in February. We are less than two weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting. We are two weeks away from the first official workout of the whole team in spring training. And uh, the Rangers still have quite a bit on their to-do list. By the way, uh, going back to five episodes a week so you will be getting all of your baseball fix we talk about all the things rangers still need to do looking ahead to this season first season as reigning champs hopefully not the last season as reigning champs but uh yeah it's been it's been a pretty slow off season so far there has not been a whole lot done there has been one starting pitcher signed in tyler malley solid signing david robertson signing as well kirby yates and jankowski's back andrew Kneiser, I, I swear at one point I will learn how to say the backup catcher's last name. Um, but there's still quite a bit on the table for the Rangers to do um, before next Wednesday when pitchers and catchers report. Some of you may be thinking, oh, yeah, that's Valentine's Day. No, it is pitchers and catchers reporting day. Obviously, the most important thing happening next week is not the Super Bowl, not Valentine's Day, but pitchers and catchers reporting. <clears throat> and I, I, I leave, I leave the Rangers to five things they have to do before then. They've got nine days until then. So it's it's a manageable task list. There there's still some sizable tasks there, but uh I don't I don't want to put too much on Chris Young's plate. He is coming off a, a World Series championship and but there is still some business to be done. So the Rangers to do list right now, it's it's pretty short. Even these five things, maybe maybe I was stretching it with five. Maybe maybe it's really only, you know, three or four that the Rangers have to do. But there was not a whole lot to be done this offseason. There was not much that needed to be done. This is a team returning most of most of its team, most of the lineup at least. Mitch Garver is gone, but that was kind of expected. Uh, Martin Perez is gone, and a lot of the bullpen options that were not relied on very much down the stretch in the World Series are, are gone, and that's fine. And those have been replaced. But there's still plenty to do, including the number one thing the Rangers have to do before pitchers and catchers report. Or if it happens a couple of days after, I won't be too mad as long as it happens, but really, it should happen any day now. And that number one thing is obviously, sign Jordan Montgomery. Do the thing that everyone has been asking you to do literally all off-season long. You've had several months to get this done. There have been several signings. The market has been set on starting pitchers and what they're asking for and what they are getting. 
and there have been a lot of options at the mid tier and the bottom tier and even at the top tier that have been gone. And Jordan Montgomery remains still a free agent on this market. The other teams that were most heavily linked to him, the New York Yankees, they're, they're done. They're done with their rotation. They're not going to sign Jordan Montgomery to whatever contract he's asking for. You know what he's asking for. You know what you're willing to pay. And just step up what you're willing to pay at this point. It, it does not make any sense why this has taken so long, especially now, since the the Bally situation is mostly, mostly done. We'll get to that in a second, because that's still on their to-do list as well, um, even though it's not technically their um, thing to do. It's just a thing to be done. But Jordan Montgomery makes literally the most sense in the entire world. I am tired of asking. He is a World Series hero. He is a perfect fit for your rotation. He gives you another lefty. He gives you a guy who's got postseason experience with your team bringing you a title. He helped carry this rotation down the stretch when it was at its most desperate, even when Max Scherzer went down with an injury in the regular season and you didn't know what you were going to get from Scherzer if he ever came back that season. And, you know, he kind of barely did. And Montgomery was your co-ace through your World Series run to your first championship in franchise history. He is durable. He has been consistent. You know what you're getting out of him. And the first half of your season rotation, your number two is John Gray. And that's fine for the 2022 Rangers that were not competing for a World Series. That, that was fine. He was fine in that role. But you look up and down that rotation, and the depth behind Cody Bradford as your number five is worrisome at best. Unless Owen White magically turns a light on and becomes 2022 Owen White um, with a little bit more refined skills um, as opposed to just dominating double A, he will be acceptable in the big leagues. And I don't think, I don't know if that's going to happen. It might, it might not, or he might even regress further from last year. Jack Leiter is not ready for the big leagues. Zach Kent, I don't think is completely ready to be an everyday starter in the big league rotation. So, Get Jordan Montgomery. Give yourself some leeway because most of your rotation is injury prone for the first half. I know you're getting three pretty good pitchers in the second half whenever they come back from injury in Scherzer, DeGrom, and Malley. Everybody knows it. Everybody is aware of the situation. But in order to maintain your hopes for going back-to-back as champs, you need to get there. And Jordan Montgomery is about as surefire a bet to help you get there as there is on the market right now. Maybe you could go sign Clayton Kershaw and just have the weirdest rotation of we're going to you know fly by the seat of our pants in the first half and really, really hope that nobody gets hurt or misses any time whatsoever. And then we'll add you know a combined eight Cy Youngs to our rotation at the deadline and literally four pitchers and just completely revamp it in the entire second half. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but Jordan Montgomery is durable. He is consistent. He has shown that top end, too. That was the one question about Jordan Montgomery and why he was projected to get, like, I don't know, before the postseason run, I would have thought he would have gotten maybe at most six years, $120 million, averaging, like, 20 mil a year. 
because he was thought of as maybe a number three, a guy who's pretty solid, who's not going to have a lot of stinkers, but isn't going to have that many of those just gems and isn't really going to be able to dominate in the postseason, most people thought. The Rangers saw it differently, and he proved that he was different, and he dominated the Astros in the ALCS, and he was pretty solid in the World Series. He was exceptional in the wild card round as well, and he just makes so much sense for this team. It has been the most obvious fit. He wants to come back. Everyone wants him back. It just does not make sense why this has not been done. I don't think it's because they're waiting for the ink to dry on the Bally situation. I think it's just because they're hesitant about bringing this guy back and spending big on another pitcher. There are not that many long, big contracts on this team. You've got your middle infield that are both the best at their position last year. They were the best. All MLB first team. Both guys in the middle infield. Both of your big signings. Absolute 100% hit. And one of them's a World Series MVP. Both of them were all-stars. Both of them were silver sluggers. And the only pitcher you've got on a deal for more than two years left on the books is Jacob deGrom. And you're going to want to make the most of that window while you've got Jacob deGrom and hoping that he's healthy for a playoff run to help you win another World Series title. And you're going to want to make the most of those two superstars that are paid a whole bunch of money right now that are absolutely worth every dollar right this second and you know will be for the lifetime of the contract because of the World Series. But you want to make the most of their primes. So hemming and hawing about, mm, I don't know, if we pay Jordan Montgomery $25 million a year for the next six years, it might look bad in 2030. Well, who cares? Your World Series repeat window is now. The longer window may be open a little longer, but you know how difficult it is to sustain a championship contender. So go get Jordan Montgomery right this freaking second because I am tired of waiting on this deal to be done. Come back and look at the other four things the Rangers need to do before pitchers and catchers report right after this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. If you're wanting to bet on who will win the Super Bowl MVP, they've got plenty of odds on that. I'm pretty sure my large adult son, Patrick Mahomes, is the favorite to win Super Bowl MVP if you're wanting to bet against those 49ers because you are a Cowboys fan who still very much hates the 49ers for what they have done to this franchise in the the many, many years. You can bet on those Chiefs who uh, are, I'm hoping, going to go and win yet another Super Bowl for my boy Patrick Mahomes. So new new customers join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, let's look at the number two thing the Rangers have to do before pitchers and catchers report on Wednesday of next week. And that number two thing 
is avoid an arbitration hearing with Adolis Garcia. The deadline has passed for arbitration. They're still talking it out, feeling uh, pretty good, having some uh, good, very good dialogue, um, according to Chris Young in a report by the Dallas Morning News. That was back on, I believe it was January 26th. Yes, January 26th. It was the night of the award show when uh, Adolis Garcia was dressed to the nines, looking fly as heck, and uh, being the absolute star that he is. But they're making good progress, and an arbitration deadline, an arbitration hearing would happen either the last week of January, which we missed that, or early in February, which is probably going to be at some point this week. The two sides were pretty far apart on what they're asking for. Uh, the Rangers offered $5 million. Adolis Garcia was asking for $6.9 million. And I think that was uh, one of the biggest gaps, if not the biggest gap, between um, a team and a player in the arbitration uh, atmosphere, whatever, <laughs> in all of Major League Baseball. I think that was the biggest gap. And, you know, Adolis Garcia is, is well within his rights to ask for $6.9 million. He is a unique case because he is a bit older when he's hitting, free, when he's hitting arbitration for the first time. But he's already an incredibly decorated player. He is a Gold Glove winner. He is a two-time All-Star. He is an ALCS MVP. Oh, and by the way, he hit the first ever walk-off home run in the World Series in your franchise's history and helped lead them to a title. And that ALCS MVP that he earned might have been the most impressive single series I've ever seen a human being have in a postseason. He was insane. Oh, and by the way, it wasn't just that one series where he absolutely made the Astros his child, he sunned your biggest rival, and kept them from repeating as champs and help you win your first championship. He also set a record, broke a record, by a guy hated by your franchise, who did it to your franchise, of the most RBIs in a single postseason ever in David Freeze's 2011 season postseason he stole that that title that record from david freeze and he did it with that walk-off home run that will be remembered for all time as one of the greatest moments in not only the history of your franchise but the history of the sport and sports in general and the history of all of mankind uh, obviously one of the greatest moments to ever happen to the human race as a whole and $1.9 million is, is the difference? You're not willing to just pony up and pay him that? Or at least jump up, meet him halfway, or a little bit more than halfway. Because this guy is the heart and soul of your franchise. Don't risk pissing him off. You saw what happened to people who pissed him off. It did not go well for them. Spoiler alert, it was the Houston Astros that angered this man. And he put on the most impressive Game 7 performance I have ever seen by a human being. And I was so lucky and blessed to be there in real life. Don't make this man go to an arbitration hearing where you have to tell him to his face why you think he's not worth the money that he's absolutely worth. Don't do that. Don't break that streak of 24 years of not going to an arbitration hearing. Don't do it. Don't piss this man off. Pay him his money. 
and be done with it and say thank you. We'll do this again next year and hopefully it won't be as much of a mess. I digress. The number three thing the Rangers have to do before spring training is happening in earnest and pitchers and catchers are reporting next Wednesday. That is finish up this nonsense with Bally Sports. Just finish it. Be done with it. Let the judge approve it. There is already a measure in place. There is a tentative agreement, um, but it still has to be approved by the judge. So this is not really up to Chris Young and company and whoever else is, is doing all of this uh, arguing and debating and whatever, negotiating, I guess. This is more up to the judge. So it's kind of not really fair to me to put this on Chris Young. But Mr. Judge, can you just go ahead and approve this stupid deal so we can all stop worrying about how much are the Rangers going to get? How much are they going to get? How much are they going to get? Is this going to happen? When are the Rangers going to do this? When are they going to get that check from um, Diamond Sports? Just make it happen. Make it happen. And also, start looking at those options to not be with Diamond Sports, Bally Sports, next year. Start looking at what that would entail. Because the Rangers are, are going to be on Bally this year in 2024. And it is an absolute nightmare for people to not only get Bally, but stream Bally. They, their, their streaming apparatus is an absolute mess of all messes that feels like it was almost intentionally made to be that bad and getting it on their their tv provider or their streaming tv provider in youtube tv or what have you is an absolute nightmare for everyone there's like three providers out there that you can get bally sports and people shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg and another leg and an abdomen and your whole firstborn child just to watch their favorite baseball team. It should not be that expensive. It should not be that complicated, that difficult, that annoying. So this is mainly on the judge of just getting this thing ironed out, but really start looking at those options. It's not as much a, a firm deadline as the other ones of get this thing done by next Wednesday, but just start looking at what that would entail. Because... I don't know how much money the teams that have already lost their Bally um, ties in Arizona and San Diego, I don't know how much money they're making just doing it through MLB TV. But MLB TV is one of the better streaming services of of all of the major sports. I mean, we like to whine and moan about the blackouts, and, and they suck, and they're rightfully um, being complained about. But the overall product of MLB TV... I don't know if you're a fan of, of many other sports and you've tried um, NBA TV or whatever um, league pass. That one is an absolute nightmare to navigate. It is very difficult to watch games or more blackouts. It feels like, um, and just the overall quality is such a pain. MLB TV for all its flaws is overall a really good product that I use like literally all the time, like at least every day if not more than every day. I'm still watching it in the offseason just to watch highlights of, or just completely full game rewatches of the Rangers World Series run. So just maybe look into Major League Baseball, look into being able to just own all of the streaming rights and TV rights for all of your teams because you do a pretty good job 
And if you can end those stupid blackouts, that is the way to grow the game much better than anything else of rule changes or, um, you know, big contracts or, or whatever kind of other outsources, outsourced ways they're trying to grow fan interest in the game. Let people watch your freaking games. That is how you grow the sport. And that is something that the Rangers and Valley and this judge, all of, all of you should be working on getting done by hopefully the end of me finishing the sentence, but at the very least, by the time pitchers and catchers report next week. Coming up, we got two more things the Rangers should do before pitchers and catchers report next week. And one of them might just surprise you. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day. I'll be back on tomorrow's show talking about the biggest reason for the Rangers' massive improvement and thing, reasons that were definitely overlooked by a lot of us, even going all the way through this offseason. Now, let's look at the number four thing the Rangers need to do before pitchers and catchers report next week. I love saying pitchers and catchers reporting next week because I am just as ready as y'all are for baseball to be back in earnest just to see those pictures pictures of the pitchers and the catchers throwing baseball in surprise i am so ready for it. but the number four thing the rangers need to do before that happens next week is sign jd martinez now the rangers have not been linked too heavily to jd martinez there's not been a whole lot of talk about the rangers signing a dh or signing a bat at all most of the links of the rangers if they do sign a dh have been to brandon belt who is a platoon DH who crushes righties, and that's great, and he had a really good year last year. But J.D. Martinez has been linked by John Becker of Fangraphs, who has been making predictions about where the top remaining free agents signed literally all offseason, and the last couple of editions of those predictions have projected J.D. Martinez signing with the Texas Rangers. Now, for most of this offseason, I was on team, don't sign a DH. This lineup's going to be awesome. Let White Langford, he's going to break camp as your everyday DH, probably. Or it's going to be Justin Foscue, um, or it's going to be Zeke Duran, and any of those guys are going to be great. And I think all of those guys, if they were the Rangers option, they don't sign J.D. Martinez or, or any other DH. I think that's still the case, that, that all of those guys would be pretty solid DHs. But... This is the reigning World Series champion. This is a team that I feel like everybody is going to be giving their best shot to all year long, which normally that's the case when you're the reigning champ, but it still feels like everyone still thinks the Dodgers and the Braves are significantly better than the Rangers, even though neither of those teams made it to even the LCS last year. They didn't win a single series at all. Combined, I believe they won one playoff game. So, the Rangers won a few more than that. But they're still going to be getting everyone's best shot in the American League as the reigning champs and as the team that uh, everyone wants to dethrone. And this lineup was incredible last year, and it was very consistent and very deep. And I think that Langford will be ready for the big leagues at some point this year, if not out of camp. But if you sign a veteran DH, that does so much to help your lineup especially a DH that's this consistent. Just getting a guy who you know is going to be a very darn good hitter and going to provide you some protection for Corey Seager and for Marcus Simeon and uh, maybe 
even hit ahead of Adoles Garcia. Maybe you put him as number three and you're like, that doesn't really matter where. But this guy has just been the model of consistency. He is hitting the crap out of baseballs. Still, in his age 35 season, he was exceptional. Over 30 home runs in under 500 plate appearances. Just 113 games. Still, like, exceptional exit velocity. Still barreling the ball up well. Still hitting the ball on the sweet spot and hitting it hard consistently as a 35-year-old last year. And the Rangers hitting staff, hitting coaching staff, is one of, if not the best, in all of Major League Baseball. They're so good. And Tim Hires has a history with J.D. Martinez of getting the best out of him back when he was with Boston. Both those guys teamed up for um, some pretty good some pretty good offensive seasons from J.D. Martinez. And then adding him to a lineup that's this deep, Grant, it, the Dodgers lineup was very good last year, but it wasn't quite as deep as the Rangers, in my very humble opinion. But adding him in there as the protection for Seager and Simeon and maybe protection for Dolores Garcia or whoever else is hitting that high in the lineup, maybe it's even Evan Carter. Um, but adding another bat like there, like that in there as a surefire thing and as a message to those guys that would be fighting for those DH plate appearances otherwise in Langford, Duran, and Foscu, sending a message that you're not just going to be handed this job. You're going to have to earn it, and you're going to have to prove that you are the best option to help us win big league games because that's where we are as an organization right now. And that's when you get usually the best out of prospects is when it's not just, oh, well, I guess this is your job because uh, we think you're probably going to be pretty good and um, we're just going to hand it to you and you don't have to really work all that hard for it. Evan Carter got his job because because he got his chance in the big leagues because of an Adoles Garcia injury and because he was the best option there. And it wasn't a surefire thing that he was going to play every day after that, after Adoles Garcia came back, depending on whenever that was. But Carter forced his way in there. He forced the Rangers to play him every day because he showed them, I am the best option for this team right now. I am very darn good, and you need to be playing me every single day because I am incredibly good at baseball. Even though I am very young and have very little big league experience, I am the best option. Langford needs to do the same thing, and I think he will. I don't really have any question about Wyatt Langford being an amazing hitter in the big leagues at some point this year, if not at the beginning of the year. And if you sign J.D. Martinez and White Langford still proves himself in spring training of, I need to be in the big leagues right now because I'm going to be an incredible hitter right this second, then that's great. It forces you into some tough decisions about, okay, is Leo Tavares not going to be an everyday player? Is Evan Carter going to be our everyday center fielder? Is White Langford ready to play left field every day in the big leagues? And, that's a great position to be in. It's a problem, but it is a champagne problem, a very good problem to have of, okay, how do we best manage our assets? We have this you know, 25-year-old center fielder who is a switch hitter, can hit for power, and can make some amazing defensive plays that just is not going to be good enough to play every day if they decide that Langford and Carter is a better option in left and center than um, Leody and Evan Carter if J.D. Martinez is your D.H., that's a great place to be. And so adding that surefire element to this lineup, you're already going to be in the luxury tax. So just lean into it. It's going to happen. It's fine. It's not that big a deal. So 
a one-year deal for a veteran DH that is the best on the market that is still available somehow. Not really sure how he's still available, but he is. You go, you go sign that guy. You feel really, really good about this lineup, even competing with the Braves for the best in all of Major League Baseball. And the last thing the Rangers have to do before pitchers and catchers report next week, the number five thing, is release a World Series movie. Or at least tell us that it's happening. Now, every year for the last, I don't know, forever, I think it's been, Major League Baseball has produced a movie about every team, every World Series champion for so long. And this is the first year they're not doing it, which just feels like a big middle finger to Rangers fans specifically. I mean, the Orioles did a good job of, they released a movie about like 90 minutes worth of footage and interviews and and highlights and, and all kinds of great stuff celebrating their amazing regular season for fans. And that was a great thing. And granted, they got dunked on a little bit because they didn't include anything in the postseason when they did get swept by the eventual World Series champion, Texas Rangers, which is a delightful series for um, at least Rangers fans. But they did that for their fans. It was a nice fan service thing. And I would very much like for the Rangers to do that, have some kind of like documentary style movie. Let us go rewatch and, and relive every moment of that World Series championship, the best moment in franchise history, the best moment in the history of sports, the greatest single achievement in the history of mankind, the most important moment in the history of the universe. I think there should be a movie about it. Don't you? I would buy that movie. I would watch it almost every single day. I would watch it all the time. Literally just this weekend, I was, again, watching compilations of the Rangers' amazing achievements in the postseason, highlights from that ALCS, which was just, oh, it was so delightful watching that back and watching that Jose Altuve home run and being like, ha that doesn't matter. This is the last team you're, when your team is getting. The Rangers are about to go into your house and stomp you for two games and go on and win the World Series. And, uh have the bragging rights for the first time those teams ever played in the postseason in the history of forever the rangers will forever and always have that over the astros and it is absolutely delightful so major league baseball or the rangers or whoever is in charge of these things can can i please have a movie about my favorite team winning the gosh darn world series so that i can watch it every day forever and show my kids how great it is and show my grandkids and their grandkids. And, and so everybody for all time can see this wonderful thing immortalized in motion picture form um, because it is just something that I feel like Rangers fans are owed after that incredible World Series run. But even if it's not, Rangers are still World Series champs and uh, it's still just nine days away from pitchers and catchers reporting. We're almost there, the home stretch, and I swear we can make it there. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy World Series champion Texas Rangers baseball.